Hello and welcome to episode number six of the Corner Kicker podcast. On this fine evening, I'm joined by Joseph Guzman and Alessandro Sanchez. Say hello, boys. What's going on? Hello, what's up, viewers or listeners? Welcome to the Corner Kicker podcast. Yeah, same thing, viewers, listeners. Okay, here we go. So our four topics for today, we're going to start off with a transfer roundup for today, January 8th. Um, Then we're going to shift into the new Inter-Miami Stadium. Big news coming out about that. Then we're going to quickly touch on Ricardo Pepe's Augsburg debut today before we end with a little game of start bench sell. So the big news coming out of today, Lorenzo Insigne is joining Toronto from Napoli at the end of this season on a four-year contract. Reportedly, he's earning $12.5 million a year. Alessandra, I know you got family in Canada. What are your initial thoughts on this? Yeah, I I personally think that um I I mean a move to the I mean it, in my opinion it was just a very random move. Yeah. But I don't I don't have anything for or against it. I like Lo- I like Lorenzo Insigne a lot as a player and um but I really feel feel indifferent toward it apart from the fact that I have family that live in Canada, so I will definitely take the opportunity to go and watch him in the near future. Yeah, I do think it was kind of interesting. You know, he's only like 30 years old, and he was, as we saw at the Euros, definitely not slowing down. So this is a pretty big move for the MLS, because although he's an older player, he's still very much in his prime. So it'll be very exciting Mm -hmm. to see how he does for Toronto, who, for those who watch the MLS, Toronto were, I think, the second worst team in the league. So really interesting to see him join a team at the bottom and see if he can carry them to the top. I just think mm-hmm. this yeah. is not the right move for him, man. Like he's just I feel like he's just wasting his career in MLS. Chasing the he bag, bro. It, but yeah, sometimes you have to chase the bag, just like here yeah. in Trippier. Yeah, speaking of Trippier, Newcastle got knocked out by Cambridge United in the I think it was the FA Cup today. Uh Trippier did start. The, it's kind of ironic because the richest club in the world get knocked out by a team that are worth two million in total. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Now that's the magic of the FA Cup, you know, you never know what can happen. All right, so the other transfer today, um, not quite as high profile as Insigne, but perhaps a little bit more interesting, is Ainsley Maitland Niles um, from Arsenal joining Roma on loan until the end of the season. Oh, dude, yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer to me personally because, I like, if we knew that you know after Afcon, Elneny and Partey, who are pretty crucial players at Arsenal midfield, would be gone, I would mm-hmm. hopefully hope that Arteta would give Maitland Niles a chance to you know shine because you know. We've all seen the things, his Instagram stories, where he was just wanting some t- game time. Yeah, he's, he's kind of been it. unfairly treated. I, I, just, yeah, I don't think it's fair, but hopefully at Roma he gets some game time. Hopefully he gets a shine and prove Arteta wrong. Because I, I honestly rate Maitland Niles. I think he's solid. He's not bad. So I hope he does well in Roma. Do you think that uh, Arsenal are going to have to move in the transfer market to reinforce the midfield? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. We already talked about it last podcast. Move for Bruno Gamares, maybe Arthur Melo mm-hmm. from Juventus, someone from the Prem, perhaps Renato Sanch. I think they'd be all solid players we get in our midfield. Would you still take an Eve Basuma? I don't know, because after his recent uh, transfer to Prison FC, we have to see <laughs> about that. Yeah, he is back in the team, though, and he played really well for Brighton uh, about a week I ago. I would not mind Basuma, though. He would still mm-hmm. be the option. Yeah, uh, interesting for Maitland Niles. He's going to join Chris Smalling and T- Tammy Abraham as fellow Englishmen at Roma, where, of course, Jose Mourinho is the manager. 
kind of got a really obscure English kind of core there with a striker, a center back, and Maitland-Niles who can kind of play all over the pitch. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does because Roma are kind of underperforming right now. Um, they actually have a massive game. We touched on this last episode tomorrow against Juventus. Um, both teams really desperate for three points, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. All right, on to my probably my favorite part of today's episode. The new Inter-Miami Stadium, uh, named Freedom Park, is now only one city vote away from uh, approval to begin construction. Um, this comes after news that Mayor Francis Suarez has officially backed the plan, which also includes not just a stadium, but a hotel, mall, and a park. So it'll be a really big complex in Miami. It's going where a uh, golf course was that's going to be demolished. The stadium is going to be 27,000 seats, which... Uh, kind of unbelievably, is would make it currently the tenth largest in the MLS. So, really, really, really big news for Inter Miami. I approve. I definitely approve. You know, we have been to a couple of the Miami games, been to mm-hmm. stadium. You know, it just seems a little bit odd where it is. You can definitely tell it's not really an official place. Kind of yeah. makes us look like a small team. Yeah, well, it's quite I think uh, nowhere. Once it's really like down in Miami, I think uh, popularity is only going to grow because that's really kind of where the heart of the sport is at times in South Florida. So I'm really excited for it. Um, For those interested, Drive Pink, the current stadium and training complex will continue to act as the training complex for the team. Uh, It's a nice place, but I'm definitely looking forward to that new permanent Freedom Park Stadium. I just like the drive pink. I don't really like it because it just feels a little bit like, like weird where it's at right next to like some random airport. There's a mm-hmm. big patch of grass in the middle of Fort Lauderdale. It just yeah. seems a bit odd. It seems like you're playing almost at a semi-professional stadium rather than a natural. Yeah, it is temporary, stadium. but even the fact that it's temporary, I think it's still pretty nice. All yeah, things considered. Nice. Yeah. All right. On to topic three, Ricardo Pepe. Um, U.S. men's national team sensation, who just transferred, as we touched on last episode, to Augsburg in the Bundesliga, came off the bench uh, against Hoffenheim today. Uh, unfortunately, Augsburg were unable to find the win, losing 3-1 to Hoffenheim. Uh, Pepe got a couple touches in, but honestly, I watched his cameo for 30 minutes, and he just really didn't get into the game. Augsburg couldn't really create any big chances. Uh, there were a couple of moments where maybe if one of the other strikers had passed to him, might have had a chance. But overall, it was just kind of one of those games where the strikers struggle to get into the game. Give him time. Just give him time is all I'm saying. Give him some time. Yeah. All right. Well, there wasn't that much to ta- touch on today, and we're already at topic four, uh, a game that I think we haven't played it since maybe episode three or four. Start bench cell. We have three players here that I'm going to list out in a second. I'm going to ask Joseph, Alessandro, and I'm going to do it myself, uh, which one you would start, which one you would bench, and which one you would sell. Alessandro, we'll go with you first. Start, bench, sell. We're going to do it with Emil Smith-Rowe, Mason Mount, and Phil Foden, three Englishmen in the attacking midfield position. Let's see what you think. Okay. Um, I would... Oh, yeah, you got to give reasoning uh... also. Okay. Okay. It's like a, it was just like a thesis. Too. Yeah. Okay. But um, basically, 
I would start Smith Rowe. Okay. If Kieran was here, he'd be I, fuming right now. Yeah, well, I don't care about Kieran. <laughs> I would start Smith Rowe. I would. Um. Bench Foden, and I would sell Mount. Sell Mount, okay. You have any reason yes, why? Yes. I personally think um, Smith Rowe. I, 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 I may be biased, but I just personally, I personally just enjoy his playing yeah. style a, a little more. Like it, like I, 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 I like the way he plays a little more than Foden. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's all, it's all opinionative. So like, people don't attack me, please, because <laughs> I, 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 it could be, it, it could either be Foden or Smith Rowe, depending on, on whoever you, on whoever you like better, whichever playing style you enjoy most, and I just. I just think Mount. I I think maybe I I haven't watched him enough, but I feel like Smith Rowe and Foden are 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 performing better than him at the moment. So it's as simple as yeah, that. Fair enough. All right, Joseph, do you want to go next? Uh, see, I would go for basically the same thing that Sanchez said. However, mm-hmm. I think I might just say Foden has a bit of an edge over Smith Rowe, and I'm an Arsenal fan. Wow. Okay. Try must be non biased here, of course, because if I put my bias here, I. I'd clearly be saying Smith Rowe is the best one. Yeah. Well, I think Phil Foden, he what makes what gives him the little edge over Smith Rowe is the fact that he has more of that versatility. Because mm-hmm. you can see Phil Foden can play the false nine out on left wing and he can even play midfield. As Smith Rowe, I've only really seen him out in just midfield. Number, ten, number 10. Yeah. And normally it's off the bench as well. Yeah. But the to um, Smith Rowe's credit. I feel like Smith Rowe, he's a lot more consistent than Foden. Because mm-hmm. every game, if you, I've watched like a good amount of Arsenal games, Smith Rowe is consistently our best player alongside Saka. Yeah, he consistently makes a makes a big impact on games. Yeah, I agree. He, you can you can see it as soon as he gets in, he starts get he starts getting touches and he starts getting very Smith Rowe. He has good work seconds. rate. He's very confident in the ball for such a young age. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And Foden, he just has like. It's just impressive his versatility and also what he could do. The fact that he does start in that Man City team is also impressed yeah. me because they're so stacked. I think Pep Pep trusts him uh, a lot yeah. more than some of the other City attackers. We, Normally, you he'll know, be one of the guys that Pep said, Pep said that you know he's managed Messi. And he said that Phil Foden at seventeen. Yeah, Messi I remember that comment. With. So that's why I think Foden just has that little edge over Smith Rowe. And then mm-hmm. for Mount, I have him last because although he may be solid, I just don't see it enough from him. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of Chelsea players in that position as well. I think he's just simply overhyped for what he does. He's just simply a bang average midfielder in my eyes. Okay. And yeah, I I and I wasn't necessarily saying that Mount is like a it's like a bad player. And again, it's like I, maybe I haven't watched him enough. Any Chelsea fans that are listening, let me know, please, so I can actually watch him more and get like a fair, an actual fair assessment. Mm-hmm. But from what I've seen from him, like out of out of these three. He, he he's still you know obviously a class player because he's playing for a great team and he you know he I I've seen some of the some of the goals he scores and the plays he makes he's pretty good but I just feel like Smith Rowe and Foden are just performing better at the moment so I mean as sell him and then and then if he were to play at another club maybe he would he would be regularly making a huge impact and then maybe I would change my opinion about him but I think I'm going to stick with what I said fair enough. So. All right, I'll uh, round it out here. I am also, I think, exactly what Joseph said, start Foden. Um, really, my reasoning is that 
out of these three, I think he's the one that shows up to the big games the most. I think I mentioned it a second ago that Pep Guardiola trusts him in the big games more than some of the other attackers because he just tends to perform. Um, he scored a c- couple of crucial goals for them in the Champions League, even though I'll remind everyone they have never won it and probably never will. Um, but yeah, I think out of these three, he's not only the best, but I think he's got the highest ceiling, and I think he'll continue to improve, even though he's already ridiculously good now, as much as it pains me to admit it. You can't really say that Smith Rowe can step up the big games because you know Arsenal do not have any European football as of right now. Well, I, I, yeah, I guess that's true, but I just I can't make the comparison. Maybe the big games is isn't there. Smith Rowe did step up against Tottenham. That's true, but I just feel like Foden on the big European nights is yeah. always going to be in that city starting eleven. I think that can't be overlooked. That is true. Uh, on the bench, it is going to be Smith Rowe. Um, maybe a little bit of recency bias. I think last season, in my opinion, might have been different, but this season, off the bench and when he started, kind of earlier in the year. He's been really electric, one of the best players in the Premier League this season, without a doubt, alongside Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli. They, that Arsenal young core looks really strong right now in attack. They just really need the striker. Maybe it'll be Vlahovic. We'll see at the end of this month if that deal gets done, because I think I said last episode that they're really a Vlahovic away from having a superb attack. Actually, I've heard and, that apparently yeah. Arsenal have agreed on terms of Fiorentino, just that Vlahovic and his agent, they now need to accept the deal. All right, well, maybe in a coming episode we'll be discussing uh, his potential impact as a new Arsenal signing. I can't say I would be yeah. overly surprised, but if he... I can see the Arsenal appeal, but I don't know. I feel like if City came in for him, it'd be hard to say no. I just think that Arsenal really shouldn't be prioritizing the striker right now, when we really should be prioritizing the midfield, because I'm really concerned for when you know AFCON starts and we are losing out on Thomas Partey and Elneny. Thomas Parsi being our best midfielder, of course. You guys saw that City game. You saw how good he can be. He shows mm-hmm. up. So it's yeah, and Ainsley Mayton on Niles, who can debutant in midfield, uh, is now Roma. So I think we should really prioritize some midfielders. I'm glad mm-hmm. to see Sabri Lakanga can get some time. But Xhaka... I personally think that Arsenal are two signings, or two to three signings away one, uh, including um, one of them being Blasovic from being a Champions League deep run contender team, and I think they w- they they're two to three signings away from finishing second in the Premier League. I completely season. agree with that statement. <laughs> yeah, as long as you know a couple of players, they're a little light in certain areas, like at right back. I think if Tommy Asu picked up an injury, that'd yeah, be, that'd be pretty concerning. Crucial. And if Gabriel is um, out, that'd also be pretty yeah. crucial. Yeah, he's suspended, of course, got the red card in the City game, so I'll be interested to see who he plays plays alongside Ben White. For some spots, and we're simply done, but I'm glad about what Arteta's done, because defense has been one of the biggest struggles of Arsenal for years and years and years, even when Wenger Wenger was here. You know, Mm -hmm. defense has always been our weak point, but right now, you could say we probably have the third best defense in the league. I do think uh, the success that some of the recent signings have had and the sex, su- success that the team is having right now is uh, going to kind of be translated in the January and summer transfer windows because I think the owners and Stan Kroenke, I know your favorite person, Joseph, yeah. will see that uh, there's something to build towards and maybe just put in that extra cash to get a Blahovic, get a Bruno Gumarish. Um Because I do think 
we're all in kind of agreement that they're maybe those two away from having at least a extremely capable starting 11. Maybe not the depth yet, but certainly the starting 11. Oh, oh uh, I just... Well, actually, I'll ask Joseph this question. Um, do you think Diago Alcantara would be a good signing for you guys? Ooh. I would think he... I, me, personally, I love Tiago as a player. And I, I do think he would be a good signing for us. Just uh, I don't think he's really the man we need because if Arteta's trying to build a young core squad, Tiago's, I don't know how old. I just... I mean, the the my reasoning for think for actually thinking that Thiago Alcantara could possibly be uh, one of the key players for Arsenal despite his age is the re- is the reason that he's he's able to avoid he's very pressure resistant and he can get out of pressure very quickly and he's um, very mature in his play That's true. and he but can I feel like he can kind he's of more of a creative take player. on that shot like granite shaka role and kind of like yeah, i think he'd be a good compliment to thomas party yeah i just think he's more of a yeah, creative player and you know creativity is we don't really need creativity if you're playing that with you know like some old guard smith role mm-hmm. and, and even like is that dropping on deep from striker playing almost like a midfielder sometimes he offers a lot of creativity too i think what we don't need is creativity now we just need some solid midfielders which we see mm-hmm. thomas party all the time basically i think thomas party is actually heavily slept on in my opinion I think after the City game, he gets some hype for once. Yeah, I think Thomas Partey um, is a very uh, he's he's a very solid midfielder, but he kind of for, falls more on that defensive side. Where that's why I think Thiago de Cantera would complement him good well because Thiago is also a solid midfielder, but he falls more on the attacking side, progressing the ball and getting it up to Emil Smith Rowe, who's you know I think I think that would be. A, Great Wouldn't be a bad idea, but I just don't see a transfer happening because I mean he just recently joined Liverpool too. Well, wouldn't happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean he he would get I think he would get way more playing time with Arsenal. Oh yeah, for sure. He's had his moments at Liverpool, but you know I think the issue with him I've, at Liverpool has been they kind of play that super high intensity, constant running, and that requires a lot of work from the midfielders. And I just don't think he's capable of that. Whereas the Arsenal system, a little bit more possession based, maybe not as you know, gung ho, high press. Uh, I think would suit him a bit more. I'll play at the back. Yeah, and I think like you know, um, what, he was at Barcelona before, mm-hmm. and you know, he kind of. Um, There's a lot of parallels with Arteta and Pep and some of the styles of play that maybe he could draw off of there. Yeah, yeah exactly. And also, he's he's kind of like Lapaus in the midfield, like he slows things. Slows things down, which is which is a very good thing because you you have to have, um, in my opinion, it's crucial to have that type of midfielder that can kind of make the make the opposition and their own team play at his own pace, and basically that can create a bunch of a bunch of opportunities because mm-hmm. yeah, because basically you're moving you're moving the opposition the way you want, and you basically have the have the will to to basically open up spaces and pretty much do what you, do what you want. And he's a very smart player as well, so I think that that would be a gr- a great signing for Arsenal. I'm already getting, I'm already, I, c- I can already see it, but you know, <laughs> I'm very excited about that. All right, before we end, uh, Alessandro, just uh, do you want to have a quick word about Vinicius Junior? I just have an interesting stat here that I just pulled up. Vinicius Junior has scored 14 goals from 34 shots this season. Um, and in his previous 71 shots, so more than double before those 34, he only managed 15. So in about half the amount of shots, he's got the same amount of goals. Um, I think 
We just need to praise him for the transformation he's undergone in the past 18 months to become a real clinical finisher. Yes, we do. And I, I now we can really see what how important a manager is in the development of a player. And, you know, mm-hmm. he, um, I'm sure that Carlo Ancelotti took him under his wing and created him into a, into, took the, he didn't create, necessarily create him into a completely different player. He still has those, funda- those fundamental technical skills of a Brazilian, but he's got that now that clinicality that the top European teams want. So, you know, he's he's this hybrid that's pretty much unstoppable. I wish I was. What do you think the uh, when Ancelotti was back at Everton? Because you know, Richarlison would be a beast. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> no. What do you think the kind of dynamics are going to be um, when we assume Mbappe is joining this summer? It's basically all but confirmed from think, news reports I over the past couple months. Benzema. Do you think he's going to be in for Benzema? Because I think Vinicius has definitely stepped up to certainly stay or in the team, but of course, right wing. Benzema, I think it'll be interesting because I think I could see Mbappe at right wing on okay. I could see him at right wing and I could see you know Benzema being kind of like that gel to you know because Benzema he he's yeah he's quality and you and you know you need to the, the like Vinicius and and Mbappe are the perfect type of players to complement Benzema because he you know he's got the um he's got the technical ability and, and, and the intelligence to make great plays with these very with these very dangerous players so i i think that all three of them can start and they, they can have a lot of fluidity as well because they're all very technically sound players so like remember a flashback to Rooney, tevez and ronaldo at manchester yeah. united they had they were had, they were so fluid they would break down any defense in seconds. So I think that that's going to be a summer scenario. Yeah, I agree. With Mbappé. That's going to be a very Benzema. fluid attack, especially because they've got the width kind of being offered from Ferlan Mendy and Lucas Vasquez in the wing-back positions, mm-hmm, exactly. which means that those guys, Mbappé is going to be able to come in narrow and use his you know, phenomenal footwork. Same thing with Vinicius. And then Benzema, as you said, is just kind of the glue for everyone. Mm-hmm, exactly, and there's the for a defense for an opposition defense. There's nothing more difficult to stop than a fluid defense that keeps moving. If the de- if there are a fluid attacker, mm-hmm. sorry, that keeps moving. If there's an attacker that just stays still, obviously the defenders can just stand up on him and be like, okay, well he's not going to do anything. But when all of these three top class, world class players, in my opinion, at the well, Vinicius not. Not quite. I, I mean, he needs more time to to get develop into that actual where we can say he's world class. But at the moment, he's showing great character, and and I really think that that fluid attack will be very dangerous. So, all right, well, perfect. Uh, I think that's really all we can cover today, uh, listeners. Make sure you check out cornerkicker dot com. We've got articles going up uh, basically daily about you know things that happen. Uh, a lot of overlap between the podcast and this. So if you prefer to read cornerkicker.com or if you would like to listen to us, uh, continue finding us on Spotify. Uh, Again, thank you for listening and uh, have a good evening.